and you know, where honour is where honour is due. And um, you know, I'm so thankful. I'm pleased that what the Lord is doing in this house is raising up some great men and women of God. And I'm going to be talking a little bit about this this morning. Um, I had a word this, this, this week, the Lord spoke to me about fighting in faith. Fighting in faith, you know, you know, and understanding what a man or a woman of God with faith really is, what they represent, you know, who they really are, what they're really trying to achieve for God. And I think in the season that we're in going into 2022, I think there's going to be a lot of fruit that comes out of 2022. I believe that the harvest is right, plentiful, and I believe there's going to be many souls that come into the kingdom of God. You know, I heard something to think this week, and I could be quote, but Leonard Ravenhill said, you know, when a, when a fire's burning, you know, you don't need to promote it. The fire speaks for itself. You know, I come to an understanding that when the fire's burning, people run to the fire, because where there's warmth where there's peace, where there's hope, where there's joy, where there's the presence, where there's the fullness of God. And I want to speak about some of these things this morning. So we're going to be looking at 1 Samuel chapter 17. And most of us know the story. It's probably one of the most uh, famous stories in the Bible of the Old Testament. We're talking about the story of Saul and David this morning. But I think it's, it's, a, it's a real key to understand the heart of God. Because we understand that, you know, that David was a man after God's own heart. But David had many struggles and many battles. And, and I think this is the important thing to understand is, is that when you've got a heart for God, God will make room for you, make room for your anointing, for your gifting, for your calling, for what it is that God wants you to do. So we're just looking at 1 Samuel chapter 17 this morning, and it, we're going to be reading from verse, uh, so, sorry, I'll be reading from verse, I'm going to start in, um, one second, I'm going to start in verse 12 actually. Just one second, sorry, one second, got the wrong one. <laughs> Verse 12. Okay. Then Jesse, the son of David, take now your brother and, and the effort of the, the dried grain and these ten loaves and run to your brothers at the camp and carry these ten cheeses to the captains of their thousands and see how your brothers fare and bring back the news of them. Now Saul and they and all the men of Israel were gathered in the valley of El, fighting with the Philistines. So David rose early in the morning, left the sheep, with the keeper and took the things and went with Jesse as he had commanded him. And he came to the camp of the army, was going out to fight and shouting for the battle. For Israel and the Philistines had drawn up in battle array, army against army. And David left his supplies in the hand of the supply keeper and ran to the army. And coming up from the armies of the Philistines, he spoke according to the same words. So David heard them and all of the men of Israel, when they saw the men, fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. So the men of Israel said, have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come to defy Israel. And that shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich with great riches and will give him his daughter and give him his father's house exemption from taxes in Israel. Then David spoke to the men who stood by him saying, what shall be done to this man who kills the Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? Or who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Now Elab, his oldest brother, heard what he had spoken to the men. And Elab's anger arose to David and said, why, do you, uh, why did you come down here? And whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride and your insolence. And, 
and you, of your heart, for you have come down to see the battle. I just want to stop there for a minute. You know, when God has called you to do a specific task, it's often you'll find that your brothers and sisters who are supposed to be standing with you will be against you the most. Because they don't see what's inside of you. And sometimes they do see what's inside of you because what's inside of you is not inside of them. You see, you've got to find out who truly is walking with the Lord and who's not. You've got to find out who your brothers are and your sisters are and who are not. Who's for you and who's against you. And sometimes it's hard to identify who wants to walk with you. And sometimes God will have to take you to a different place where you can begin to develop and grow. It doesn't mean that we back off from a fight. But what it means is that sometimes we have to stand strong in the midst of a battle because God is about to take control. He knows the end from the beginning and sometimes it feels like God is a distant and far off, but he's not, he's there every given time. He said this and David said, what have I done now? Is there not a cause? Then he turned from him towards and said the same thing. And these people answered him as the first ones did. So I can imagine David is there and he's, and he's saying, to, is there not a cause? And then he looks to his other brother and is there not a cause? But they're looking at him full of pride not understanding that this man was anointed. In fact, they'd seen him be anointed. They knew that he was anointed for a specific task and for a specific mission to destroy the Philistines because Saul had disobeyed God. Saul had not answered what God had told him to do. And I'm going to be looking at that in a little bit. But you see, when you disobey God, you end up destroying your own life and not falling in the plans and the purposes of God. And it's important to understand that David was a man after God's own heart. I think one of the greatest Psalms, and everybody should read it, if you're struggling with things, is Psalm 51, where he says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit from me. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. You see, we have to understand where the Holy Spirit's inside of us. We have the power to overcome. But when you've got a pure heart and a pure motive for doing what, got, what you're doing, God will exalt you in due season and due time. It says in 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9, For the eyes of the Lord throw, uh, to and fro from the whole earth to show himself strong and belief of those whose heart are loyal to him, those who are obedient to the calling of God, those who want to follow the will of God, those who've got the right motive for doing what they're doing. But I'm afraid there's a lot of people in the church that don't have the right motive for doing what they're doing. And I want to look at a few of those this morning, and then I'm going to talk about the characteristics of man and woman of faith. You see, an insecure person is someone that carries jealousy. Cain slew Abel, and the reason for that was because the sacrifice wasn't perfect. His heart was corrupted. He didn't have the right heart towards God. And he said, that, you know, God would have given Cain in abundance if he'd have had the right motive for doing what he was doing. But he was jealous of his brother Abel because he had a pure heart. He had a pure heart. This other thing I want to talk about in insecurity is the need for recognition. We spoke a little bit about this in the wolves and sheep's clothing, but it's a spirit of Aphaliah in the church that seeks the place of predominance rather than the place of on the floor and the knees before God. They will kill off anybody to get into the top, top place, but won't humble themselves. You see, this is the problem. We've allowed the business world to determine the kingdom of God, but it's the kingdom of God that's supposed to determine the business world. Any man or woman of God that you understand in the business world, understand that it's key to relationships. And that came from God. You need good relationships when you're building a business in order for your business to flourish. It's the same in the house of God. If you're going to flourish in the courts of your God, you have to have the, that, that motive for doing the right thing. But you can't try and push your way in. You can't try and sneak your way in. You have to do it in the right way. 
You see, there's other things like envy. And that was where Saul was his downfall because he was disobedient. And then he was throwing arrows at David. Disobedience of God. If he'd have just humbled himself and obeyed the voice of God, he wouldn't have been where he was. Another insecurity is the fear of man. You see, the fear of man is a stench in the eyes of the holy God. You have to have a fear of the Lord. I'm not saying that, you know, when we're in the house of God, that we don't be a man of authority under authority. But what you have to understand is we have to stand boldly sometimes against men. Because sometimes men are not for you. Men are for themselves. You have to stand boldly before God. But when you understand the kingdom of God principles and you understand when you come into the house, when you come into an environment where people love one another in a genuine, you're able to, to obey leaders in the right way and not in the wrong one. You see, sometimes God will cause us to submit in a way and so we could say submitted to God. You know, I thank God that there is now, you know, there is leaders in this place that God is raising up because we do need, but it's, it's what we got to understand is it's, the problem is, is we find that a lot of churches are building like a pyramid system where the pastor, you know, is up here, but that's not the way God wanted it. He wanted the fivefold ministry to throw in a horizontal line. The only thing that goes vertically is God. And when you understand that, you understand when someone's carrying authority, you know clearly that you must honor that person. It's the pure heart. Critics and haters, Nehemiah, building the wall, Sanbiah and Tobiah. You know, they tried to take him onto the plains of Ono, which is, oh no, don't want to go there. But the reality is, is he didn't do that. He sent people to guard the wall as he was building the wall. You see, sometimes you're going to have critics and haters. Not everybody's going to be for you. But what you've got to understand is to love people unconditionally when things are going wrong. Not to compare yourself with another person to what you have and you don't have. You don't need to compare yourself to someone else. I don't need to compare myself to anybody else. I am who God says I am. I can do what God said I can do. And I'm going to do it because of what God told me to do. You see, self-worth and self-hatred is also another one. This is a killer for people's callings and destinies. This is something that I've personally struggled with. You know, it says in Matthew 37, it says, it says Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, and with all thy soul. So this is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if you can't love yourself, you'll struggle to be who God's called you to be. And that's why it's so important to be in the presence of God, because he'll give you that confidence that you need to do what God has called you to do. You see, self-hatred is not a thing of the kingdom of God. It's something that we deal with because of the things that we may have done in our past. But God says that's under the blood. You don't need to look that way anymore. It's under the blood. It's taken care of. You don't need to have that insecurity in your life anymore. But sometimes we struggle with these things. And God is saying that he will take care of that. But you've got to trust him. You've got to obey the word. The other killer, and I think it's probably one of the worst, is pride. Pride is one of the biggest killers, I think, in the church. And I think with pride, when you look at it, and you look at that Saul and David mentality, when he didn't kill King Agag, it is a, a, a serious thought and probably is the truth that Haman was a descendant because he was an Agite. And because of that, the reason was Haman was full of pride. And so because Saul didn't kill King Agag, the descendants was Haman. And the clear, clearly when you read the book of Esther, you'll see that Haman was full of pride. God was trying to kill the pride so it wouldn't destroy his people. And that's why when God tells you to do something, you've got to obey. You've got to obey the word of God. See, 
I want to look at some of the characteristics, and we've mentioned some of these, like confidence in God. Elijah calling down fire on Mount Carmel. He had the confidence to believe that God was going to show up. When he said that fire will come and consume that altar, even pouring water on it, he consumed the altar because he had confidence in God. Joshua had a boldness, a boldness to believe to enter the promised land. God said to him, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Dancing around them walls of Jericho seven times, seeing it fall, fall down to the floor. Because when you begin to praise, and you begin to obey, and you begin to trust, and you begin to love, and you begin to act in the kingdom of God, things start to happen. Hallelujah. Perseverance and endurance. Paul, stolen. But he kept on going. Kept on going. What a mighty man of God, traveling all around many, many different nations preaching the world, encouraging, writing letters, preparing us for what we have now, which is the word of God. He didn't know he was going to be right. He was writing the word of God when he wrote those letters. But thank God for him because of what he went through. We have what we have today. We have the power of the word of God because he was working his journey. What's your journey? What's your story? What's God want for you? Do you know what God does for you? You see, faithfulness, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2. Moreover, it is required in steward that a man be found faithful, faithful to God, faithful to the calling, faithful to my job, faithful to where it is he's told me to be. And this importance is having a tenacity as well, having a tenacity to be able to say, I'm standing on what you spoke to me. I'm standing on what you want me to do. I'm not budging. I'm not moving. I'm going to stand on that. Having an authority. In Luke chapter 10, verse 19, I have given you the power to trample on serpents and scorpions. I give you the power. I give you the power. I give you the power. I give every single person in the power because of the Holy Spirit that's inside of you. Hallelujah. You see, ambition is selfish, but godly drive is authentic. Conviction causes a drive that then turns you into the pursuit that puts you into your destiny. You see, I don't like ambition. Don't like it. Don't agree with it. You can say, you know, it's ambition aware, but it's selfish. But when you've got to drive, when you've got to drive for the things of God, then he will make a way where there's no way. You see, one of my favorite stories is a story by Hack called Hacksaw Ridge. And it's a great story. It's a violent film, but there's no, there's no, there's no scenes you anywhere around it. It's a brilliant story. It's about a man called Desmond Dorr. Refused to pick up a weapon, but he said, I'm going to serve in the army. They tried to court-martial him and throw him out of the army. But you see, he stood there in boldness. When he went to the battlefield, he went up the ridge, and while everybody retreated back, he went and rescued between 50 to 100 wounded soldiers. And he said, Lord, help me get one more. Lord, help me get one more. It's one of the greatest stories I think I've ever seen because he could have only done it with the help of God. Because when them soldiers were pressing, how on earth he managed to get them off the ridge, I have no idea. What I knew is became a powerful testimony. He was one of the first conscientious objectors in the history of American history to receive a medal of honor. One of the first, all because he said, Lord, help me get one more. He had a faith to get one more person, even in the midst of all everybody else retreating. What a powerful story of what God can do with someone 
when they just take a step of faith here and have trust completely in what God wants to do. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6, trust in the Lord with all thine heart, lean not on thine own understanding, and in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. When you trust in the Lord, when you lean not on your own understanding, he directs the path, he puts you in the right place. Hallelujah. You see, you've got to have a childlike faith. That's why I love Hebrews chapter 11. I recommend everybody go home today and read Hebrews chapter 11 and just start to declare that chapter over your life. Because when you read that chapter, you see men and women of faith that walked in the spirit and seen many great things. But it's the same today. We've, we've, we've lost Billy Graham. We've lost Reinhard Bonnke. We've lost many different people that have done things today. But when you stand on the word of God, God wants you to thrive and not survive. Hallelujah. God calls every single person in this to thrive and not survive. You see, you're going to be a movement or a monument. A monument is a gray stove to something that was living, but a movement is a living organ that keeps on going. The problem with most of the doctrine in the churches and all those divisions is they got stuck in a monument, but they didn't keep the movement going. John Wesley, a mighty man of God. George Whitfield, a mighty man of God. All those that stood there in the mighty man of God, they were moving forward because they got hold of God in the presence. And when they wasn't there anymore, they turned to a monument because they didn't turn to God. But when you turn to God, when you trust in God, when you get in your prayer closet, when you believe God for the impossible, you become a movement. And that church is a movement. 2022 is going to go off. It's not going to be the same as it was this year. Next year is a year of revival because this church is a movement. Hallelujah. You know, it's interesting. Listen, don't get me wrong. Some of you older folk are going to be used to mighty God. Let me tell you about somebody. He wasn't a Christian. But in 1952, yeah, at the age of 65, when most people were settling down, Harlan David Sanders became Kentucky Fried Chicken in 1952, at the age of 65 years of age. Promises will come to pass. You just need to believe God for them. I think sometimes we need some of our elder folk to rise up more. Because without the elder folk, I can't stand here today. If we don't have elder folk who've been through the battles and the struggles, how on earth am I going to stand here today and be able to deal with my character when I've got character flaws and I need help in certain battles? And that's why discipleship is so powerful. See, this is what I've been hearing from Pastor Lily is 2022, the year of expansion of growth, acceleration, discipleship, passion, next level, going higher. Basically, growth, maturity, loving God, loving others, and fulfilling our duty as brothers and sisters. Having the passion and the desire to be discipled and quit for power. I know why I'm here. I'm here to support this local church. And when I've done that and I've paid my dues in this church, then God will send me to the nations. Because that's what God spoke to me. But I gotta honor this house. I gotta honor the authority in this house. I gotta be able to stand here and support the church when I have to be. It's not easy, but I have to do what God has called me to do. We drive all the way from Manchester every week. I didn't have a car for six months, but we still came. Got six points on my license, and we still came to church. Why? Because I know this is where God's called us. And I'm more than happy to drive an hour. If Chinese people can walk 12 hours to church. If Africans can walk four hours to church, then I can drive one hour from Manchester to come to Bradford because I love this church. I love the hearts in this church. I love the passion in this church. I love the way God's moving in this church and the fires in this church. I don't want to be where there's no fire because if there's no fire, there's no living stone. I don't want to be in that atmosphere. So you've got to pick up your weapons. I want to say this clearly to you. Someone in 2022, 
I would highly recommend a lot of you go into prayer and fasting. I'm gonna, I, for me personally, I need to know what's going on. I'm getting married to Sophie. I have a bus that's sat there. I'm waiting to set the charity stay up for the ministry. But I'm like, Lord, when's it time to move? He says, it's on my time, son. So I need to go into 2022 with prayer and fasting so I can find out what next year, what the vision is for next year. Where are we going, Lord? What am I doing? You need to get the same vision mindset because without the vision, people perish. If you don't have a vision for your household, you'll keep looking at the circumstances, but you won't look through the eyes of faith. When you look through the eyes of faith, you'll get off the circumstance and the faith will determine your destiny and drop off the circumstance that you are facing. Hallelujah. When the Holy Spirit comes into your life and you give your life to God, then you can go on the mission and, and, and fulfill the mandate of heaven, the assignment of heaven. God is crying out for the sons and daughters to be made manifest across the earth, that they would answer the calling of God. What is the mission? Reach the lost, to reach the poor and the rich, reach the hurting people of the world to disciple and acquit. Apostle Paul was on a mission field, a mission field to reach the lost and the broken and the needy doesn't necessarily mean you have to be, like I say, it could be that some of you are called to business. I do believe that God is raising up businessmen in this church. I believe that with all my heart. Some people don't want to be in ministry and they want to be in business. And then others that want to be in ministry should be in business. And what you've got to do is you've got to find out what the seed of faith is that's in you. You need to find out what that stone is like David when he started slaying Goliath. You've got to find out what that stone is inside of you. Yeah, that heart, that seed inside of you that needs to come out. It says in Matthew 17, 20, and Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief, verily I say unto you, if you have faith as the grain of a mustard seed, you shall say to this mountain, remove hence yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible. All things are possible with God. To man, nothing is possible. With God, all things are possible. God can do, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Not what people tell me. Not what they say about me. I can do it through Christ and Christ alone. Because that's my rock. That's my chief cornerstone. That's my gospel. That's the Holy Spirit inside of me. Hallelujah. You know, it says in John 12, verse 24, Very early I say unto you, unless a grain of wheat fall into the ground and die, it shall bite up alone. But if it die, it shall bring forth much fruit. Sometimes God will give you that seed and you have to let it die. Because if you're going to produce the fruit that's necessary, you have to give it over to God. We started going out in 2019 on the streets. But the 12 that I made, the Lord said to me, Nathan, when you go out there, you make them 12 declarations in that city in 12 months. He said, you're declaring war against the enemy. Once you make that decision, there's no going back for you. And now when we made that decision and we started going out, that's when I started seeing the faith. I went to, to go and ask for a bus. And the guy gave us a bus, a five to 10,000 pound bus for nothing. And he gave us an upgrade, actually. So I've got a bus sat there right now. And I'm like, Lord, what's the, the bus? Lord, what do you want to do? But I'm not, the Lord will not allow it to move because I'm not fully ready to move yet. I'm being honest with you. But I'm getting ready. And that's why Pastor Raven, Pastor Lily, a lot of evangelists are going to come into this church. A lot of them. And the, one of the reasons is, is we can't have orphaned evangelists going out on the streets that don't have that spiritual authority in the house that's able to heal the wounds and the scars of the battles that we've had to go through. Because the truth of the matter is, a lot of pastors have rejected the evangelists for the sake of the pulpit. When really they were supposed to use their gifting and their anointing to position the evangelists to make the move of the Holy Spirit. 
but they didn't want to move, allow them to move because they wanted the recognition. And this is why we have to understand that God is now using pastors like Pastor Ellie, Pastor Ellie, and there are good pastors in this nation. Look, please don't walk what I'm saying. There are good pastors in this nation. But there are a lot of them that have, ab have abandoned God's children. And so God's had to send them to the right place to be restored and to be healed and to be put in the right place. And when you've got elders in this church, if I say anything wrong, I know Gra Gra Brian and Catherine will pull me up. And the same with Pastor Lily. If I, and that's what we need. We need people in the house, yeah, who are an older generation, yeah, that can help someone like me, yeah, if I'm doing something wrong, then to help me in an area of need. Can someone say amen? So you need to find out what the seed of faith is in you so you can understand what God is calling you to do. Because when you find that seed of faith, when you stand there, you have the boldness to say, well, no, God spoke to me. You didn't say that to me. God said this to me. So if you are coming against me, you're coming against God. I can just stand there. I don't have to make it known. But I can stand there in the authority as my believer and say, no, I'm not backing down. I'm not moving because I'm standing still as a soldier in Christ that God called me for this battle. God called me for this fight. I don't care what you're saying on the right. I don't care what you're saying on the left. But I'm going straight forward. I need to see souls get saved. I need to people get, see people get transformed by the gospel, go into a cocoon and come out as a beautiful butterfly. I need to be changed. I need to be transformed. I want to see the power of God. I want to see a move of the Spirit. Why do I have to sit in the closet in running in fear when God has called me to stand up? I don't have to run in fear. I have to stand up. And that's why some of you need to go home and you need to read Hebrews chapter 11 and read it again and just walk around the house reading that chapter out bit by bit, verse by verse. I go to, I have, thankfully, my dad has a church and I can go to the church in the morning and I'll read the word in the morning and I'll start declaring the scripture of the word of God because I know that this word has power. I don't have the power, but the word has power. The word has the power to change. I might not be see the change, but this word has the power. I stand on this word and this word alone. I don't stand on opinions. I don't stand on what people say. I stand on this word. Get your armor ready. 2022 is going off. Lay all ambitions and desires to the side and allow God to move. We, we need a revival. We need, we need souls. We need, we need to see people changed. We need to see a move of a God. You've got to go higher. Isaiah 40, verse 31. But those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up like winged eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And as the song says, teach me, Lord. Teach me, Lord, to wait. Wait on the Lord. Go into prayer and fasting ready for 2022 for the battle that's coming. But God is about to give you the seed of your faith, the seed that he's given to you, that business, that ministry, that heart desire that you've been dealing with for a long time. Give it over to the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, God spoke to me. He said, don't, don't worry about the clouds. Just go up to the sky. Don't worry about the clouds. Just go up to the sky. You'll see things clearly. And that's what I did. I was ministering in a, in a tent crusade for a week. And I had the opportunity to speak. It was one of my first tent crusades, pray God. But I was in there. And, you know, when I was in there, there was a picture of an eagle there. And it was based on this scripture. And the, the, the prophecy that was coming forward is go higher in the spirit. Go higher in the spirit. I'm like, What's the, what the heck do you mean go higher? Some, some people, you can sound, sound so spiritual, but it's like, what do you mean go higher? It's to do with this prayer and this fasting so you can get up to that level in the spirit, yeah? And see down past the clouds and you can see what's going on. But you've got to go up in the spirit. 
And this is where it's important. You see, an eagle, it said, I wrote this down, it says, in an old age and heavy wings due to their thick feathers become stuck to its chest and make it difficult to fly. Feathers are replaced through an eagle's life. The process is called molting. An eagle does not lose all of its feathers at one time. It's a gradual process, continually renewing the feathers. Then the eagle is left with one of two options, die or go through the painful process of change which lasts for about 150 days. It says, an eagle's nest is used only for resting of the young. Eagles do not use their nest except for a few months. And the eagle, when they are actively raising their young, there the eagle knocks and it beaks against a rock until it puts it out. Beak and talons and criticals the eagle ability to catch and consume food. No eagle can survive without a, a beak or talons. When its new talons grow back, the eagle starts plucking its old age feathers. An eagle cannot survive without food for anything close to 150 days. A few days without food might be possible, but no longer. And after five months, the eagle takes its famous flight on the rebirth for 30 more years. Hallelujah. When you get that seed that God's about to release to you, when you get that word from heaven that God's about to release, and some of it's going to be at this altar today. When you get that word from God, from heaven, then you're going to know exactly what God has called you to do. And every insecurity that I've mentioned, everything that was looking at other people, you'll take your eyes back onto Jesus Christ. And when you put your eyes back on Jesus, that's when you're able to do what you're called to do. Let's all stand in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to make a declaration this morning before I open this altar. And I was last night, I was driving around for two hours. And I played this song for 10 minutes. And I just started declaring it over my life. And I started declaring it over my ministry, over my purpose, and over my destiny. And I'm telling you now, when we start to declare the glory of the Lord and the blood of Jesus, things start to happen. So for the next five minutes, if everybody could stand in this place and as we start this music, I want you to close your eyes. I want you to worship the Lord. And I want us to sing this song at the top of our voice so that the devil knows that we're not playing around in church, that we're going to see the glory of God in 2022, that we're going to see a move of the Spirit. We're so focused on the glory of God and the move of his spirit, that he will get the glory, that no self can be glorified in the presence of God. Only he will be glorified. I really feel Lord is raising up a mighty men and women of God in this house. Deborah's and David's, they're going to stand firm in the fight. They're not going to take what the enemy's saying and stand on the word of God. So just lift up your hands in this place.